we're talking about keys to sensitivity in the Holy Spirit. And let's jump right into Romans chapter 8, verse 14, which is a foundational scripture on being led by the Spirit. But in this scripture is a real key to everything. So it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, if you jump down to verse 16, it literally reveals how the Holy Spirit leads us. The Spirit himself, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In other words, God leads you by your spirit. You know, you've heard me say this before, God will never talk to your mind, right? He will always lead you and talk to you by your spirit. So he's communicating with your spirit, man, never your mind. Satan cannot communicate with your spirit. He can't touch your spirit. Light has no part in darkness, right? So... So all Satan does is speak to your mind. He throws thoughts in your mind. And that's why we have to take all those thoughts captive. We take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ or the obedience of his word. Now, Proverbs chapter 20 in verse 27 really kind of gives us a picture of that. It says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle. In the Hebrew, that word candle is the lamp of the Lord. In other words, as I meditate in the word of God, what happens is I mutter it over and over and over. I'm, I'm literally saying the word of God over and over and over. What that does is that gets the word of God down in my heart. And as I meditate in it, as I mutter it over and over, you know, we as Christians, meditation is a huge part of our faith. But it's completely different than all the other religions of the world. Many other religions meditate, but they don't meditate in their heart. They meditate in their mind, right? The the town we came out of in Iowa, where Jeanette grew up, they have this university there, and they, it's, it's all about transcendental meditation. And most of it's Hinduism, but people employ every kind of religion. But what they do, they're given a mantra, which they believe is just for unique to them, right? And, and it most likely is just a name of some demon. And, and what they do is they go under these gold domes, sit in a lotus position, and they say it, over and over and over in their mind, right? And so that's completely different. We meditate in God's word. We say it over and over. His word is full of life. So what happens is the Holy Spirit is down on the inside of us and he is literally opening the word of God up to our spirit man right? So he opens the word, the entrance of thy word, or that word entrance in Psalm is the word opening. The opening of thy word brings light, 
So literally, the Holy Spirit opens the word of God in our spirit man. He opens it and light comes out. What does that light do? Well, light comes out of what? It comes out of a lamp, right? So the light that's coming out of your lamp, your spirit, is the word of God. And what does that do? So basically, the Holy Spirit, when, that, when he able, is able to open it, what, what is happening here? He is now opening it. He got that truth over to your spirit man. He's communicating with your spirit. You know, we sit here and we could go, well, you know, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Well, that's great. You could quote that scripture, and the minute Satan goes, boo, you freak out. It's because it's only in your mind, it's not in your heart. In other words, you have a mental assent to that scripture, but you don't really see it and you don't really know it. Does that make sense? But boy, I'll tell you, if you'll keep saying it over and over in your life, as you're going throughout your day, the spirit of God will lead you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of a sudden you'll go, wow, you'll see part of it, right? What's happening is the Holy Spirit got over to your spirit. Wow, wait a minute. I can do all things through Christ. What I'm facing right now, I can do. And your spirit then will take that communication from the Holy Spirit, turn it into a thought, and communicate that to your mind. So now the word of God is coming out of my spirit, and it's washing over my mind, not my brain. My brain works through, or my, my mind works functions through the organ of my brain, okay? So it renews my mind. See, I always, a lot of times I'll go, my spirit, my soul. But really, it's my spirit, my soul, and my brain, okay? So what happens is the Holy Spirit communicates this truth now my spirit turns that into a thought, communicates that to my mind, which now connects with my brain, and all of a sudden now, I'm starting to renew my mind. Because see, when I got saved, my spirit became brand new, but I still have to renew my mind. My mind is unrenewed. It means it's still, it's been trained to be and think. There's thought processes. Did you notice when you got saved, if you were told you were worthless your whole life, even though you got saved and you knew you were saved, you would still battle worthlessness. But you could take the word of God and renew your mind with it. And when now the entrance of his word brings light, and now that light, it lights my spirit. And this is how God will lead me. The spirit of man, it's the lamp of the Lord. It searches all the inward parts of the belly. God leads us by our spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us. So all of this is happening on the inside. We are never to be led by the outside. Right? Have you ever noticed how the enemy will cause things to happen in your life to try to get your eyes on things on the outside, to lead you. You'll get an email, a text, a tweet, something. Or people, you know, when, when you're going through something, you'll have people come up to you and say weird things that kind of could upset you, right? 
You're believing God for healing, and all anybody wants to talk about is how you're feeling. And the last thing you ever want to talk about is how you're feeling, right? So, I mean, all this stuff, and so we got to be careful because Satan knows that if he could get a Christian being led by outward things, he could take them wherever. He could stop He could stop the plan of God in their life. So this is a huge scripture. God enlightens your spirit, man, to guide you. This is why the Bible says, the word of God is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. What's happening now is my spirit is illuminated with the word of God and it shows me where I am and where I'm supposed to go. The Holy Spirit will tell you in every situation, if you'll, be, if you'll live your life yielded to him, if you are open to him, if you haven't said, no, I won't do that, or I won't do this, now I'll do this, but I won't do that, that, that lack of openness, that will hurt you because you won't see things. Because the principle is this, if you're not open to something that God wants you to do, he won't talk to you about it. He doesn't, he's not going to kick your, the door of your heart down. Now, he'll knock, but he also, he tells us not to cast pearls before swine. He's not going to cast pearls before you. This is why Jesus said, hey, whoever, want, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. But did you notice Jesus never was pushing anybody? He was preaching this one sermon about drinking his blood, eating his body, freaked everybody out. People are leaving him, right? His, his congregation, his followers are just by the, by the droves leaving. What did he do? Hey, wait, no, no, come back. Let me explain myself. Nope. This is what he did. He turned around to his main leaders and said, so are you guys going to leave too? Yeah. Right? Because he knew this. You know, if they leave, there will be 12 other ones. Right? Because... Because his source was not him. And our source is not us. God's higher ways, his higher thoughts, they reside deep in the well of your spirit. Your future is inside of you, everything. And as you delight in the Lord, he will bring up a desire out of the inside of you, of your heart, which is an expression of his will for your life. And he will lead you and guide you that way. God gives you his thoughts. He gives them to your spirit, man, by the Holy Spirit. Those thoughts must be drawn out so that understanding and wisdom can rise out of your spirit and that will overcome the natural knowledge and the circumstances that are trying to take you a different way. There's going to be things in every one of our lives that are going to be bigger than us, that there's going to be no way out. There's going to be things that seem dangerous. There could be some of you, or maybe all of us at one point or another, might find something that could literally take end our life. And, and so this is why we have to get strong in this. We get very strong that no man is going to take my life. I will live i will not die and i will declare the works of the lord right i'm the one on the planet that has authority in the name of jesus the enemy doesn't 
So this is really big. This is why in Proverbs, it goes on to say, talking about how to position yourself to be very yielded, to be very open, right, to the Holy Spirit. In order to do this, this is why Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 are so important. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not part, right? Lean not, or in other words, don't rely on your own understanding. Literally, it would read like this. Don't rely on your own mind's conclusions. In, now, here's the openness part. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Consider him in all of my ways. What does that mean? I'm open. God, I haven't shut any doors to you. Now, now here's the cool thing. Probably all of us have some doors shut to the Lord that we don't even maybe know about. Don't be concerned about that. Be concerned about the ones when you know there's a shut door. And you're saying, no, I will not forgive that person. Nope, hey, you know what, that tithing thing or that offering thing, not doing it. Be careful because that will dull you. That will create a blind spot. That will literally open up an avenue for Satan to mess with you your whole life. He loves the financial one. He loves that one because the spirit of poverty and the spirit of lack those spirits will never stop messing with you until you mess with them, right? All these, all these powers of principalities, powers of darkness that have no power, they, the only power that they have is deception and intimidation. They'll ignite your feelings, they'll, they'll attack your body, they'll create circumstances where there's no way out, and that's why we have to know, no, 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 God is a God who makes a way where there is no way. He shuts doors that no man can open. He opens doors that no man can shut, right? This is, this is huge for us to know this. So we talked about last week this key of being open. You have to be open to the leadings of the Holy Spirit, open to his voice. See, many believers today they, they have many areas that they are not open for the Holy Spirit to talk to them about this area. Don't talk to me about this behavior because I'm doing this, right? There's, there's many believers that there's areas. And what happens is it dulls them and it blinds them because all of a sudden they'll think they're okay, right? There's many believers that think they're okay, do you know there's such a veil of deception over the earth right now? We see that in 2 Timothy in the final days. The Bible, the Bible says perilous times will come. Di- times of great self-deception. It talks about many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, and I'll, I'll say to them, he, he's not going to say to them, um, you know, I knew you for a while, but then, no, then you walked away. No, no, he says, I never knew you. But they're saying, Lord, Lord but Lord, but he's like, you know, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord and you don't do the things that I say, right? Because if somebody's your Lord, you do what they say. 
Does that make sense? So openness, be willing. And then we went into this scripture last week, John 7, or John chapter 7, verse 17, that reveals a great principle in this area. John 7, 17 says this, if any man will do his will. So if any man, this is for anybody that's willing to do the will of God, it says he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. The New American Standard Bible says it this way, if anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of the teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak to myself. In other words, if I'm not willing, it will hinder me from hearing from God. So I have to remain willing. Isaiah 119, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Actually, in the Hebrew language, it, it gives us a picture of you'll eat the best that the land can provide. So this is a huge thing. Unwillingness hinders you from hearing from God. And this is how we get unwilling. Because our whole life gets consumed in what we want. And we have no idea what he wants in that place. We are trying, we think that we could, the whole world is telling us, you can be fulfilled by getting what you want. And God's word doesn't say that. He says that we are only fulfilled as we do his will. That's how, we're, we're not created. And if you think about it, look at, look at people in the world. Right, and I, was, I got caught up in the materialism thing when I was in Southern California. Man, you know, you could only drive so many cars, yeah. right? And none of them will ever fulfill you. It's really amazing. You know, no house can fulfill you, no, no car. As a matter of fact, nothing in this world can fulfill you because we're not made to be fulfilled by things. But oh, if we, if we do his will, that's the place of fulfillment and satisfaction. And Satan doesn't want anybody to know that. He absolutely hates that message. He hates that. And we, we finished with this scripture last week. And I want to go through it again. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. It says this when I talk about fulfillment. We are fulfilled in him. It says this in Colossians. It says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You and I are complete in him. This word complete, as we went last week, we talked about it. It literally means to be made full. You and I are made full in him. This word also means accomplished. You and I are accomplished in him. It literally means increasing. You and I are increasing in him. 
We don't increase any other way. Because why? Because we're complete in him, right? It also means fulfilled. You and I are fulfilled in him. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, all that is in the world, the Bible says, is passing away. It's not of the Father and it's passing away. I love this. You and I are satisfied in him. This Greek word also means that we are made to abound in him. And I love the last one, the last part of this word. It literally means that we are carried to the end in him. Jesus is the author or the initiator of our faith. He is the developer of our faith. He's our great shepherd, right? He is our everything. We're made to be complete in him. So now, if you go to Philippians chapter 2 in verse 13, it tells us, that we're to work out at the end of, or at the end of verse 12, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. It, a, a clear way to say this is work out your own salvation with a reverence and an honor and a respect for God above everyone else and everything else. And then it goes into verse 13. Now in the Greek, it, it's not written in sentences or chapter and verse. That was all made for us to be able to study the word. So it's the continuing the same thought. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God that worketh in you. This, this Greek word worketh means he's energizing you. Does he energize every believer? He sure wants to. But if, that, if, that, if there's a believer that doesn't reverence, honor, and respect God above everything else in their life, whatever else they're respecting above God and honoring above God, it's gonna, he's going to be limited in how he energizes you. Well, how does he energize you? He energizes you two ways, both to want to do his will and to do his will. Isn't that amazing? In the Amplified Bible, it says this. It says, not in your own strength, for it is God who's all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you both the power and the desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction. God will energize you. So if you tonight are sitting here, which I'm speaking to the choir, because you don't come to church on Wednesday night if you're not hungry, right? All of you guys are hungry. That's right. This is why he's able to energize you. Isn't that good news? Yes, it is. See, if you're not, if, if, if you have something ahead of God, and usually what that is, it's that thing that you're not willing to be open about because th that has a higher place than what God has, then now he's not able to energize you, right? The Bible says in Psalm 1, in verse 3, it says, but, my, but this person's delight is in the law of the Lord or the word of God, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he'll be like a tree that's planted by rivers 
of water, multiple, great, great abundance. His leaf will not wither. In other words, he'll always be fresh. He'll always be energized. Why? Because he's meditating in the word day and night. Do you see that? See, Satan's going to work overtime to try to get you to think more of what you want than what God wants. He doesn't care. See, a lot of times it could be in the form of, man, I just, I just want to do this because it'll be fun and this and that. Sometimes, you know, people get a cabin and all of a sudden the plan of God is stopped because they're always at the cabin. People get a boat. And, and they miss the plan of God for their life. And, 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 you know, do they have fun on the boat and fun at the cabin? They absolutely do. They do. But, but, why, but why wouldn't God just jump in there and go, hey, what are you doing? Oh, he'll, he'll woo a person, but he, won't really, he can't really talk to them about it because they're not open to that. So they could live their whole life. Right? Well, I'm just, I'm just not willing to do this for God or that for God. Listen, just get willing and obedient and you'll eat the good of the land in every arena of your life. Every arena. Because God will start energizing you. He'll start giving you desires. This Christian walk is not, it's hilarious. All the years as a youth pastor, it was never about do's and don'ts. When I would do a retreat, we'd go up to Big Bear and we'd do a ski retreat. We would tell people, okay, I'm going to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. We're going to have a Bible study every morning for an hour. And then, you know, but, but here's the thing. Then we're going to go. We're going to go ski all day. We'll have lunch together if you want, but you can just go ski and go crazy all day. And then the only thing that's mandatory is we're going to have dinner together tonight about five o'clock, and then we're going to have at seven o'clock, we're going to have our evening service. So you could come on a, a, a youth retreat, and the only thing that was mandatory was dinner and the, and the, and the service that night. We'd have worship, and then we'd have teaching and, and ministry. It was wonderful. Do you know in all those years of ministry, we never, I mean, never once, never had one situation where, you know, two people are sneaking over here, making out, doing all this other stuff. We, I would get up in the morning. Guess how, many, guess how many people would come to the Bible study? Every one of them. Wow, that's sick. Right? Now, now, sometimes people would choose not to, and you know what? To all of our leaders, we would make sure we would communicate with them, hey, just have a great day. We'll see you tonight. But it got to the point where, I mean, every retreat, everybody's at the Bible study. They're ready. They're, and, and, and God was moving in our midst. Why? Because have you ever been part of a youth group or a Sunday school where it's like, stop that and don't do that? I remember one night, we're having a worship service and there was three or four youth that, you know, while during worship, they're talking. So I just kind of shut it down. I said, hey guys, just go out, go out in the, in the hallway and just kind of hang out, talk, whatever. And then when you're done, just come back in whenever you're done. Didn't get down on them, right? But, but we just want to reverence the Lord here. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Because, see, the Christian walk is not do's and don'ts. It's, it's desires. God puts his word into your heart, right? And what comes out is his, now, that's his will. But what comes out, his direction for your life, it comes out in the form of desires. God will never ask you to do something that you don't want to do. 
It's really amazing. Now, does it mean that you will always want to do everything that's a part of it? You know, I love the pastoring part, prayer, study, spending time with the Lord, ministering, one-on-one to people, teaching, corporate meetings, end-of-year stuff. I can't stand all that stuff, right? But, but I have such a desire to please him, you just do it. It's not even that it's a negative. But this, you got to understand that. He will energize you to want to do his will. It's so good. Be open to God's plans and purposes above your plans and purposes. Be willing to consider doing something else. Always, Always be willing to do whatever God wants you to do. Jeremiah, go to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I want to break this scripture down just a little bit. Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a scripture when I first came back to the Lord that led me back to church, led me into ministry. It changed my life. So this scripture, God was talking to the children of Israel who were in captivity. They were slaves in a Babylonian captivity. They were people with no, in the natural, no hope and no future, right? So God says this to them. They comes to people while they're in captivity, while a nation has taken them into captivity, they're slaves. They're told what to wear. They're told where they're gonna live. They're told what they're gonna eat. They have no freedom, right? God says this, For I know the thoughts, this is the Hebrew word for plans and purposes. Literally, God is saying, I know the plans and the purposes that I think towards you. Or in the the Hebrew language, it would read literally, that I think over you or upon you. Right? He says this, saith the Lord, their plans and purposes of peace. That's the Hebrew word shalom. It means completeness. God's saying to people that are slaves, my will for your life, my plan and my purpose for you is for you to have a life where you're complete. Sound. This word means soundness. It means health. It means prosperity. It means favor. And it means safety. God says, these are my plans and these are my purposes for you and they're not of evil and they're to give you an expected end. So what was God saying? God was saying to them, listen, in the midst of, this is, this is you read this under the light of New Testament truth, he's saying to us through this scripture, in your current circumstance, no matter what it looks like, I want you to live your lives as if you're free. This is what God was saying to them. It's what he's saying to us. Don't let captivity, or for us, don't let your current circumstances stop you from enjoying life. Stop you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. Don't let anything do that. See, Satan brings circumstances for one reason. He wants us to get our eyes off the word of God. Yes, he 
right? So if you look at the call of God, which all of us, listen, all of us are in full-time ministry. You are an ambassador for Christ. We are here, we're in full-time ministry, whether, whether you're disguised as a housewife, whether you're a hairstylist, a businessman, whatever it is, but Matthew twenty-two fourteen, talking about the call of God, it says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Why, I wonder? Many are called, I mean, I know some, I know some ladies and some guys that are so incredibly talented and anointed and gifted and they're doing nothing for God and they're miserable. Why? Many are called, few are chosen because only a few will hear, will respond, and will follow the call. That's the only reason. 2 Timothy 2.20 comes out, it brings us out. It says in 2 Timothy 2.20, but in a great house, this is talking about the body of Christ, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth. There are some vessels, of, or some vessels to honor. Actually, in the Greek it would read, there are some vessels into honor and some into dishonor. In the body of Christ, There's two types, right? There's gold, there's silver, but there's also wood, clay. Some into honor, some into dishonor. See, some to honor, it means that these people gave place to the anointing within them, right? They gave place to it, which means they honored the anointing within them, and then As they started walking through their life, honoring the anointing that is within them, putting God first, the anointing grew and they progressively grew into gold and silver and they grew into a vessel of honor. It doesn't happen overnight, but they chose, they had to choose to allow that anointing to grow progressively so that they could be a vessel of honor. Verse 21, it's 2 Timothy 2.21. If a man therefore purge, this means to cleanse thoroughly himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, which means set apart and meet for the master's use and prepared for every good work. See, so many believers that God loves and, and, and they're in the church, but they're missing the plan of God because they're not open to it, right? And the reason why they're not open to it, it doesn't look like anything to them. Why? Because they're not energized, because they're, they're not open to it. So I'm gonna finish up, and I'm not gonna finish at eight o'clock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need about 10 minutes. Okay. So go to Colossians chapter 1, and I, wa- I want to just go through this really quick. This is a prayer of supplication. You know, Tuesday, I'll, I'll give a little blurb for the men's Bible study. Tuesday morning, we're going through the book of Colossians verse by verse. And we, we started touching on this prayer of supplication. But it so fits right here. There's some principles that you have to know. Colossians 1.9 
It says, for this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. This, this means we do not cease to pray fervently and intensely for you. And let me open my Bible up to Colossians here because I'm going to want to read this and keep everything in context. So bear with me. So Paul is praying fervently in this area. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And desire that you might be filled. The only reason why it says might there is because it's up to the individual whether or not they choose it. Right? That you might be filled. That means, the word filled means that, that God would just cram you as full as he could cram you. Right? That, that's literally that you would be filled with something. The knowledge of his will. The coming to a full discernment of God's will because you're being a doer of the word. Paul prayed this fervently and he prayed it continually. Verse 4 reveals who is he praying this for? For the people that have already made the choice to walk, in, walk by the faith of God and love all the saints. You can't pray this for others because God can't talk to them about this because they're living their life. They're doing their own thing, right? With the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, the Amplified says that wisdom is the comprehensive insight in the ways and purposes of God. In all wisdom, the wisdom of God. See, God puts his word in your heart and what comes out of your heart is the wisdom of God. It enables you, the wisdom of God enables you to apply the word to your life to walk in the victory of it. Paul is praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The spiritual understanding means because of what's happening in your spirit, now it's rolling over into your mind and now you're able to put these things together mentally. In other words, revelation knowledge. It's renewing your mind. I love this. See, this is prayed for believers, which means you can be saved, heaven bound, but not, not ever be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See, it's one thing, and here, as your pastor, I love you. I think it's awesome when somebody gets in the will of God. But that's not really what I'm praying for you. It's not enough to just get in the will of God. It's you got to stay in the will of God. That's what it's all about. Peace and satisfaction and fulfillment come as a result of staying in the will of God. Revelation, knowledge, of God's word will always bring stability in your life. So it's God's will that you continually grow higher, right? Remember, nothing grows without a change. The problem is, because we're so flesh-ruled, we always think the change needs to be outward. 
I need to get another job. I need to go here. I need to do something new because it makes me feel good. I need to go to a new church because, wow, that pastor is Jesus incarnate. Come on. I have literally, I have literally been Jesus incarnate and within six months turned into the devil to somebody. <laughs> it's supernatural. I remember with me, I was in this whole thing about I got to do something new, something new. And, and the Lord spoke to me one day, man, I got a lot of stuff on that rock in Laguna Beach. But he said, Tony, the problem is everywhere you go and everything you do, you're still there. So see, many times the change that we need is growth. And we don't like that word, right? Verse 10. So let's read verse 9 together. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that, verse 10, or in order that, you might, again, the choice is ours, that you might walk, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Now, this word walk is the key to everything. When you are open, when you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not lead you and show you the whole path. He'll show you the next step. As we are sitting here tonight, every one of us, you know your next step. You know the thing you might be maybe maybe for you it's it's you got to get this thing out of your life and you got to lay something down. For other people it's you know I really I need to pick this up and apply this to my life. But we know what it is. We might not know the other 25 things that we need to change, but God's not concerned about those. But boy when the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you about the one thing Boy, just know he's wanting to help you. But this Greek word walk, it literally denotes, it's a picture of a, of a, a forward motion, but here's the word, one step at a time. God will never have you doing this. No, 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 it's one step. So see, sometimes you will have, you'll feel like you're eight million miles away from the will of God. And Satan will just talk to you about how ridiculous you are and how you've messed up and you're right here and, and then here's your first step. You think you're a million miles away when all you have to do is do this. And now you're right in the center of God's will. And then when you do this, then he'll tell you to do this. Right? He's a good father. Yes, he is. Could you imagine? Okay, so here's Alex. Alex, Lucy's husband. First time I met this guy, fell in love with him. Somebody showed me a, a video of him. And here's Alex. He's on a BMX bicycle flying off of a garage. He's just a wild, right? I mean, he's just fearless. Crazy. When we were at Kiewit Middle School... The double doors had a pole in the middle going into the gym. And I came in, and he is literally, has, his arms are straight. He's like a flagpole. I'm looking at that going, that's amazing. The core strength. 
But Alex, you know, but in, in all this stuff, how he would take, I mean, I'm sure you got to pray if he, if he leaves home on a motorcycle. You know, because, I mean, what does that mean? You don't even want to know what that means. But, you know, he's not going to just go, okay, Adelina, man, you've been, you've been out of the womb for five days. Come on, I want you to ride a bike right now. Right? Okay, here we go. I'm going to strap you to the bike on, on a hill. Would he be a good father if he did that? No, this crazy guy who can do all kinds of feats of strength and all this stuff, you'll see Alex with his little unicorn backpack on, and, and eventually he's going to be down on the floor. He's going to be going, okay, we're going to try to roll over. In other words, a good father, what does he do? It's one step at a time. This is so important, guys. God, I'm telling you, you will go a long way because this is the problem. Because I remember, this is where I was. God, I've messed up everything so bad. I need you to move right now in all these areas. I don't have time. And God's like, just relax and get used to doing this. No, God, I need to bench 400 pounds right now. He's like, no, you know, let's just, let's just take this 45-pound barbell or this 45-pound barbell and let's just, let's just work on your form here a little bit. Why? Because God knows he'll get you there, but he's not interested in you getting in his will. He's interested in you staying in his will and finishing strong. So he's going to do things, and you're always going to want to, come on, let me go, let me do this, right? Just relax. So this is why we just trust him, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. See, what does that mean, unto all pleasing? God wants you to walk step by step with this just incredibly satisfying desire coming out of every pore of your spirit that, God, I just want to please you. That's fulfillment in life. It's like when you're walking and you know, you could just, you sense it on the inside that, man. I mean, could you imagine Jesus when he came out of the water? He's 30 years old and he hears this voice. Voice he's heard on the inside of him growing up, but all of a sudden he heard it. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus is like, what do you want me to do? Go into the wilderness, not eat for 40 days, kick the devil's teeth in, no problem. Unto yep. all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See the secret of the Christian life. I said this to the guys. I love this when the Lord said this to me. The secret of the Christian life is living our life out of the strength and out of the resources of Christ himself. I live out of that. That's the overflow, right? Verse 11, strengthened. This means a continual action, continuously strengthened with all dunamis, miraculous power, according to his glorious power. 
That word, that word glorious power is the word kratos. That's the ruling power. That's the power that God rose Jesus from the dead with. That's the power that holds the whole universe together. It's held by the word of his power. He's saying, God wants you and I strengthened with all dunamis. This is miraculous power that is being released. In other words, signs, wonders, and miracles should be happening in your life. A picture of this dunamis power is this, Peter walking down the street and his, his shadow was healing people. Guys, I know that sounds crazy in the church today, but get ready. Because people are going to get this. And the road to it is this, the deep things of God. Here it is. Yield, be open, right? According to his glorious power, unto or, or resulting in all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Wow. God wants you, he wants you to walk into all patience. This is the word endurance. It's literally, it's a fruit of your spirit that will undergird your mind and keep your mind on the word to where your mind is on the word and it's coming out of your mouth until that circumstance changes to come in line with the word of God. And long-suffering, this is dealing not with circumstances, but with people. This is the ability to suffer long with somebody. What does that look like? It means when a person really gets on your last nerve and they've pushed every button and everything in your flesh is wanting to rip their head off, right? No, 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 no. There's a long suffering that comes up and you're no longer, you don't, you're not, that's just, it doesn't even move you anymore. That's what God wants for you, to where people will never agitate you to the point of getting in the flesh. That, but see, it's patience and long-suffering. It's spiritual. We try to be naturally patient and long-suffering. Have you ever seen somebody like that? There is no joy. Okay, I'm just going to right? You're biting your tongue. You're biting your lip. I got to go work out. I got to go punch something, whatever it is, but there's no joy. But in God, he wants you so filled that you're strengthened with might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering, but it's with joyfulness. In other words, he wants you walking in the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. So having said all of that, I'll finish by saying this. Be open. you got to be open. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. I hope that this is helping you. This is so very important in the time that you and I are living in, that we walk in this. We're going to get into some other ones. I believe the next one I want to talk about is living life with a clear conscience. And we'll come next week and we'll do that. And I know I went.